Hello and welcome back to Technically F1, where today we've got the podcast back. Uh, it didn't upload last week's podcast, as it turned out, but fixed it. Should be back um, this week, and let's get straight into it. Rashad, we've got the Russian Grand Prix coming up uh, this weekend. What are you excited for? Um, well, nothing really, because Verstappen got a three-place penalty. Yeah, this is... It's looking quite grim for his chances here. Yeah. I'm thinking Bottas win. That would be great for him. I'm praying for Bottas win so that basically he only loses a couple points and Hamilton's in second or maybe fifth or something like that. Because <laughs> it'd be great if Verstappen could get on pole and then he'd only be down in fourth. That'd be great, I guess. Yeah. Do you think the penalty was fair? I think we probably went over this already, but... It was not. Not fair. Yeah. I think we've probably touched on this, but if he got a penalty, if Verstappen got a penalty, then in my opinion, Hamilton definitely should have gotten a penalty yeah. for that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, speaking of F1, shall we talk about who slid into my DMs this morning? Um, the FIA? Yeah, so this is pretty funny. This morning, um, going to school, as you do, and looked at Twitter. Looked at my Twitter DMs, again, as you do. Anyways, scrolling through them, and I find this one from the FIA. And at first, I thought it was a joke or something, right? Fake account. Checked it. It's the verified account. Okay, this is pretty funny. Basically, I followed them a couple days ago, and it was a a thank you for that. But that is great clickbait for this episode title. So when this is named uh, FIA slid into our DMs, that's, that's why. People are going to think it's like a copyright strike, though. They probably will, and then, you know, that'll be even funnier when they listen to this. Shall we explain what the FIA actually is? Most people should know at this point, but... They're just like the governing body of auto, auto sports. Basically everything. You know, Rallycross, Formula E. If you watch a certain racing series, they probably govern it. Uh, IndyCar. Oh, you're right, they don't do it for that one. NASCAR. Fine. Anything American, they don't govern, but everything European and some Asian things, they all govern. Hmm. Basically, they're big. Uh, and they also told me to follow Jean Tot on that DM. So, um, I- I'm following Jean Tot now. I'll just say that. Okay, one minute. I'm trying to find... Uh... Hmm. Oh, actually, I'm looking at his Twitter right now. He's in Luanda tonight. Uh, and he's with the Minister of Interior of Angola. Very cool. I'm still working on this. What are you working on? Finding a non-FIA sport. Oh, okay. I bet NASCAR's in that list. Probably. Anyways, so Russian GP, do you think it's actually going to be any good as, like, a race goes? Obviously, as Red Bull slash Verstappen people, we both are fearing the worst at this point. But, you know. Hey, I wonder if we can get press passes for the F1 races. Actually, yeah, sorry to interrupt myself here. Yeah, let's go find out right now. Um, How do you get a press pass? For F one, 
Okay. Interesting. You can only get a photographer's pass with a press credential. Oh, that's a shame. Wait, so we get to go into the race? I think so, but I guess what that must mean is that all the press passes have already been given out, and you'd have to basically buy one. With what? Money? Actual money, yeah. Oh, well. Well, that's... I don't know how I feel about that. It's not essentially the same thing as a paddock pass, then. Yeah, I guess so. Paddock pass, what's that? That's... You can buy that as, like, someone who's not even in the press, right? Yeah. Anyone can buy a paddock pass. Yeah, even you could. Right. Money. If we had the money for that, yeah. Or I guess the disposable income, you'd say. Yeah. I wonder how much it would cost to get a paddock pass at every race. Because I bet it, it differs from race to race. Look it up. I know Singapore is the most expensive race. Let's see. Which, by the way, I think it's a shame that they are not having that race this year. I would definitely replace it. Whoa, Jesus. Okay. Um, so, you want it. You want the price. It's from, for the 3D pass, Friday through Sunday. It's five and a half grand. Five and a half thousand dollars. Okay, Rashab, are you are like are you comprehending? Yes, no. Is that just me? Times twenty one, that's like over a hundred thousand dollars. It's crazy. I think Rashad must have got disconnected. Anyways, I'll continue on myself. Um there have been quite a few interesting developments this week. Uh, mainly, Christian Horner is trying to appeal certified anchor technical difficulty moment. Yeah, for a minute there, you couldn't hear me. But I yeah, I couldn't hear you. anything you were saying. Anyways, $5,500 for a paddock club pass. Okay, well, that's not that bad if you look at how much they've spent on the cars. True. I guess with that, you'd probably be able to photograph everything you wanted to with that. Yeah, even the driver's. Yes. Wow. So, but for all the 20 races, because let's imagine there's just 20, not 22, there, that would be a whole $110,000. Again. Not bad. Yeah. But, like, as an armchair F1 fan, I would not, (laughs) what? You just call yourself an armchair F1 fan. What else am I supposed to call myself? I haven't gone to a race yet. Um, I mean, I, I know it was a really say. funny remark, but really. It's just kind of odd. <laughs> okay. Anyways, as an armchair F1 fan, I don't think that I'd spend $110,000 a year to go to every single race in the paddock club. We've lost our job. <laughs> I'm still here. No, I'm I know, here. I know. I know. Just, just pissing yourself laughing. Okay, I'm back. Alright, should we talk about the Lotus Amira before we go and talk about the Russian Grand Prix on the whole? Mm-hmm. So you texted me a picture of this today. Um, 
couple hours before the podcast. And I don't know. I'm going to split on it. What do you think? Back again. What's happening when you're getting disconnected? Am I just like, obviously, I guess I can't hear you. My end is like, on my end, it just looks normal. That's weird. That's really weird. I think, where were we? Lotus Amira, maybe? Yeah. It's Lotus six Amira. Cylinder. Six-cylinder turbo, right? Or maybe it's just NA. I don't know. I don't know, but it's a very nice-looking car. It reminds Ferrari. me of the Avaya. Remember the Lotus Avaya? It's not the one that's like a million dollars. Yeah, the electric one. It's just that headlights look like it, and that is enough for me to, you know, put the two cars together. They look similar, except yeah. that if I had or whatever, looks a bit more like a McLaren. Yeah. I was going to say that I think the Amira looks like the McLaren Artura, and I think it's going to compete against the Artura. The Artura is kind of ugly. Yeah, maybe not exactly like the Artura, but I think it's going to compete with the Artura. The same kind of people are going to buy it. Well, I think it looks a little bit like an Alfa Romeo 4C or 8C or whichever one that looks like that. I'll be honest. I like the 8C a lot more than I like the 4C. Really? And that's just personal preference. But, yeah, I just – I like the way it's proportioned. Wait a minute. I have to look up what kind of craziness this is. This is crazy. The 4C looks way better. What's Alpha 4C? I know it's a really great-looking car, but – I just don't. Well, actually, no, no. I'm gonna switch that. No, I'm looking at the 4C again. The no, AC that's better. Looks a little bit like an MX5. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I. All right. I gotta disagree with myself. 4C. That's the way to go. Whoa! Look at that. I'm looking at one with super headlights right now. Whoa. That looks really weird, but really cool at the same time. That fits. Well, Actually, these are always cool looking, but their engines yeah. are usually a little weird. Yeah, I feel like if a Lotus had maybe a V8, and I know it'd be too heavy, but it would be really cool to see like a Lotus V8. V10. I know they've at one point done a V8, but I'm pretty sure they'll never do a V10. They did the Esprit in 2004. That had a V8. Oh, the Esprit was nice. The old Esprit, though. Yeah. The vintage one. It's a shame they stopped making it, because it was a nice nice enough-looking car. It looks like the Rocket. The, what, the Lotus Rocket? No, the Esprit. It looked like the oh. Rocket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did. With a six-speed manual or five-speed manual. Uh, yeah, manual gearboxes are just... It's such a shame that they're going out of style, because they're, they're so nice. Uh, speaking of driving and racing, shall we talk about what we did this weekend? I uh, guess we finally went karting together. Yeah, it, this was way too long uh, in the making, but finally it's happened. And I mean, what's your response? What do you think about it? It was really scary the first lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just absolutely no one knew what they were doing in our first race. I, so, I have the times right here, actually. Oh, wait, this is great. Okay. Okay, so, um, let's start with the first race. First race, okay, there we go. Um, Jack actually scored the highest score with an 86 second. Get in. Uh, All right, go ahead. I got like, one of the lowest with a 137. 
but this was his first lap, remember, guys. Yes, Don't judge him on his lap. first lap. This was dangerous, he thought, at the time. Yes, it was very dangerous. All the I times, mean, I thought. I remember thinking to myself on that first race, everybody is a mobile chicane here. Like, there's literally no one who's not going to block me here. Yeah. Okay. Um, second race. Second race, you also took first with 83 seconds. And I took, a little bit uh, faster. I took the same place with 114. But again, that was like a 20 second improvement, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, and then third race. This time is the time I think we all got hit. Yeah, I got smashed into by the guy, and then he sent me into the, uh, into the, barriers. the curb or the tire barrier or something like that. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that lowered my average guy. a lot. Yeah, you got hit by the same guy. Yeah, I got a 106, though. Okay. That's a 30-second improvement in your first time. That's pretty and huge. second place in this race. Yeah, but my fourth race, or third race is really bad because I kept putting the throttle on way too early in the corner, so I just drifted throughout mid and corner exit. I drifted as well. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Um, the second race, the reason I made such an improvement was basically because the track dried. So it went from, like, semi-wet to full dry in one race. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was really good. Anyways, so maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we'll do a podcast while we're driving the go-karts. Probably not. So, like, live. Yeah, probably not. But Maybe a video and get GoPros. Exactly. What if we do a video next time about us go-karting? That could be fun. Could be fun. Could be fun. Very dangerous. It could be really dangerous. So maybe we need expensive. to like, yeah, really expensive because we need to like get GoPros or something. It's gonna be expensive. We're probably also gonna have to rent out the whole track or something. True, but I think my phone has got self stabilization on it, so it could probably take some okay stabilization or a camera stabilization. You know what I mean? Like it's like a gyrus. <laughs> I think it has one of those, right? I think it does. I don't fully know. But I think for videos it does that. Anyways. Okay. Alright, so shall, shall we get on to the actual race then? Didn't we talk about it last week? No, no, I mean the Russian Grand Prix. Isn't that next weekend? Yeah, but we gotta talk about it anyways. Like, what, what are our predictions? I think Verstappen's gonna get a three-place penalty. Well, that's a really bold prediction. You know, I, <laughs> I didn't actually expect anything like that. <laughs> The FIA has deemed it appropriate for his, well, I don't know what you'd call it. He's not really a crime. I was about to say on-track shenanigans, but it's not really even something like that. It's, it's just more his fault. No, Hamilton put his car in a very difficult position for they Verstappen. We're driving unsafe, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, Verstappen was definitely partially to blame. No, if wait, you look, actually, it's his fault. Never mind. It's fully his fault, you're saying? No, it's not fully his fault, but it's partially his fault. Yeah, it's definitely partially his fault. Because if you look at how far he back he was from Hamilton and where he braked, I mean, that was pretty aggressive. He was going to go deep into the corner anyways. I mean, I know it's in or- I know the Red Bull brakes later than any other car on the grid, but seriously, that was still pretty risky. Yeah. I mean, it possibly would have punted Hamilton and then, or like fully smashed him more than he did. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Anyways, 
So, Russia, do you think Bottas is going to do well? Because, I mean, he's done well in recent years. Oh, he has to do well because what's his last race? As, like, well, you know, you know he's, it's probably his last race before he's like, treated, like, you know. Yeah, I mean. Like, he doesn't belong there anymore. True. He was told to move over and give Hamilton the win in 2018, even though he was going to win the race. He won yeah. it in 2017. He won it in 2019. He won in 2020. Uh, will he win this? I mean, I think it's probably his favorite track. He has to win this time. I mean, he's not going to win because they'll tell him to, they'll tell him to make space for Lewis. That's the thing. I definitely think there will be team orders here if they're, Lewis and him are close. But if he's on another level to Lewis, then they won't be able to enact the team orders without seriously destabilizing the team's points hall. I really hope that he's so far ahead of Lewis that the team just won't do anything team orders-wise. I hope that works in Daniel and uh, Lando as well. That would be great if um, there was no team orders from that side as well. And uh, Carlos and whatever his name is. Uh, LeGreg? Charles. You know, I was really surprised to see there were no, there are not many team orders from Ferrari at this point. It seems like I mean, their thing. It doesn't thing. matter that much because they're, yeah, it's like they're competing to decide who's like, what is it, fifth, eighth, tenth? In the championship, you mean? Any, any at the races, maybe. Yeah, I think that's probably like fighting for sixth or seventh in the championship. Nothing glorious or anything. Actually, Charles got fourth. At, in the Italia. um, oh in Monza, yeah. He got fifth at uh the the Dutch GP. Okay. Um, he got eighth at um at Belgium. That was quite bad. Um, he got 18th at hung- Hungary. Okay. Um, That's... And well, it's because he, he DNF'd. He got second at, um, at, what's it called, British? British Grand Prix. So yeah, was, that was another podium for him. And, uh, okay, I'm just doing the top, I don't know. I actually, I'll just do all the races on time. Okay, uh, he took 8th place at, uh, Austria. Um, and he took seventh at the tire mark one or whatever. The tire mark. Yeah. I'm that one. Call it tire mark. Tire mark Grand Prix. Okay. And he took sixteenth at France. Ooh, yikes! It's pretty he took bad. Fourth at Azerbaijan. Okay. Um, he took close eighth. to the podium. He took twentieth at. Mo- Monaco, which is really sad. At his home race. Home GP. I can't Actually, wait for Walter Coster, you know, the um, the guy who gives the world's longest questions in those interviews, to go up to him uh, at Abu Dhabi this year and say, Charles, we know you've had a very successful season this year, but if we put aside the great moments and we think about your worst moments, uh, then should we think about Monaco, where <laughs> uh, in the three years you've been racing in Ferrari as a Formula One driver, it's just some ridiculously long question like that. That'd be so funny. He did that in 2019. In Spain. Yeah. Um, took sixth at Portugal. Yeah. Um, then he took fourth at Emilia Roma. had the other one. Uh, Imola, he made. Yes, Imola. Yeah. Why do they call it Imola? I really wish they did. I, I don't know. They used to call it the San Marino Grand Prix, but now I guess they don't call it that. Uh, and then he got sixth 
at Bahrain. Yeah. So he's had actually a pretty good season. He's had not a bad season, but I mean, for Ferrari, they should be in the winning areas. Yeah. He should be winning more races, I'd say. He it's hasn't. Not really his fault, though. Wait, he hasn't won a single race then, has he? No, he got, he got second once, though. Yeah, he's got two pole positions. Uh, if I remember correctly, one in Baku and one in Monaco, because it favored their car. Ooh, That's sad. Yeah, he dropped down to fourth in Baku. I remember, which no, was in Monaco. Though. Yeah, that was really sad. Oh well. Oh well. Anyways, I've got some news from Aston Martin, your favorite team. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, so Martin Whitmarsh, the former team principal. Of McLaren in their winning oh, years. Oh, he moved to Aston Martin, right? I saw He's that at Aston. This morning. So this is part of uh, especially Lance Stroll's Lawrence Stroll's uh, billion-dollar investment plan in um, Aston Martin, and he's basically picking him up for the F1 side of things. So previously, he was working uh, at Land Rover, um, which is not really the job you'd expect a former F1 team principal to be working at, but. No was matter. Was he the problem at Land Rover? I didn't have a problem with Land Rover. No, was he the problem at Land Rover that made it, like, unreliable? That's actually quite possible that it was him. Yeah. What do you think of the uh, the new Defender? I don't think we talked much about this on the podcast. The new Defender? Yeah. It's not bad. Would you take it over a Rubicon, Jeep Rubicon? Depends. Okay. I can tell you my answer is, yeah, I'd take it over the Rubicon in a heartbeat, but I don't know. I would take, I mean, I I like a good Wrangler because, you know, it's a Wrangler. Yeah. And I like the... Jeep uh, Wrangler, yeah. Actually, I prefer the CJ7 and stuff, you know? Yeah. The CJ7 is a race car by itself. It has, like, the steel tub and uh, a roll cage built in. Okay, yeah. So you could turn into a serious race car without any arrow. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, I don't... I don't know about Lawrence Stroll and his whole billion-dollar investment plan. It, it seems like... Again, I'm going to use the phrase as an armchair F1 fan. A billion dollars is quite a lot. That's like multiple years of getting paddock passes. That's a lot of paddock passes. If we're pretty close to our estimates, or if they're pretty close to correct, okay, that's hundred grand a year. I mean, that's wasn't that like one hundred and ten? One hundred ten, ten a year. Okay, that's I'm doing this math. Right that's now. a lot of years of getting the paddock pass. That's more than my entire lifetime. How many fans are there in F one? Uh, quite a few million. I don't know how many tune in to every race, but I can tell you that uh, I'm going to look that up. Maybe 9,000 years. Of paddock passes just for, say, one of us was doing it alone. Let's see. Okay, if you multiply this by 21 races, there's... So, alright, people who watch F1 on a week-to-week basis is 87.5 million. So you can divide your 9,000 by 87.5 million and then wait no i get point zero zero two one eight one 
I think we've done the math wrong, but the point is you could give everyone a paddock pass who watches Formula One on a week-to-week basis multiple times. That's what no, we're saying. Couldn't. Yeah, you could. No, you couldn't. They're 87 million people. Oh, no, no, crap. We've done the math wrong. Um, okay. You have way off. Way off. Um, okay. Right, we're not going to talk about that then. In that case, you could give a, a, a portion, a portion of the fans... For 9,000 years. Yeah. Oh, one person for 9,000 years. That's, maybe we'd have to do that. Imagine if that was in your will. Um, who's entitled to your F1 TV subscription? Or not your F1 TV. You have that much. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, what do you think? Do you think it's going to succeed with the regulation changes? Which? Uh, Aston Martin. It doesn't really have a choice. After all the money that Lance is, or not Lance, Lawrence, Lawrence. pouring it to the same person. In my mind, they basically cracked under pressure um, with this whole 2021 rule change, you know, with the floor and all that, where they changed all that stuff. In because my mind, Lawrence and Lance should get different names. They sound very similar. Yeah, it's really too close. We both messed that up now. Uh, so, Lawrence, Lance, change your names for us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Much appreciated. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, where should we go from there? Honestly, it's not much happening. Right. Can we t- maybe stop talking? Ah, no. Quick final thing about the Russian Grand Prix. Then we can talk about planes and other things. The stuff the listeners really come here for. Anyways. So. Uh, Russian Grand Prix, there have been a couple tweets uh, that I saw this and Instagram and other posts that have been showing that it's basically a monsoon there. The entire paddock is flooded. So, I mean, is it going to be Belgian Grand Prix 2.0? Maybe. Well, that wasn't very fun, was it? No, not really a fun race, was it? Actually, probably fun for Lewis. Yeah, very true. The thing the is... They should get their money back. Exactly. He... Yeah. The thing is, if... I am probably going to watch the race, as bad as it's going to be, because presumably it's going, it's going to be a, quite a bad race, with very little overtaking, as it's been in the past. I'm going to try to keep an open mind, but I'm expecting that. Anyways, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch that race. Imagine if it's another four hours of... Will we race? Will we not race? Will it's we not race? That bad, though. What five to nine a.m. It's not that bad, but it is still a waste of four hours. Well, I was like when I used to normally wake up. Okay, yeah, but you know it it is four hours wasted. Although you do get hilarious jokes like this, um, I think that Driver Survive should make a new show about the kid They should. They should. Uh, it'll be the spinoff of Drive to Survive. Well, the thing is... Okay, you didn't get... Okay, interesting, All right. because it's like billionaires, reality TV, whatever yeah. he likes. Definitely. What he does in his free time, in cars, all that sort of stuff. Oh my god, just stop. It's a joke, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Only the real F1 fans know. And, whoa. Um... I just saw this, right? Yes, Victor Martins is testing the Alpine. 
he's a Formula Two driver. Um, just saw that on the internet. That's interesting. Of course, you know that. No, no, I, I was just right. I was just scrolling through my phone uh, before we were going to do planes, and I was going to think: Is there anything else we want to talk about in F one? That's that. That's it. So, what do you think about that? Is he? I guess they're not going to replace Ocon now, are they? They can't. They don't have to. Um, yeah, Mercedes and McLaren should either take, uh, actually, McLaren. They should, should... get uh, Nick DeVry or Stoffel Van Duren. Yeah, I mean, I get, yeah. Look, I'm going to give you the Alfa Romeo seat, and let's, uh, basically, you choose who we put in the Alfa Romeo seat. Let's do this right now. And basically, let's put out all the drivers that could take it right now, okay? So we've got, obviously, for next year, Bottas is in the first seat, the second seat. Who's going to take it? Kimmy. Kimmy's just going to come back. Kimmy's going to say, actually, no, I, it's a hobby, but it is a fun hobby, and yes, I, I want to stay. That. that I agree. I think that's the best option. And then we can see if he beats Valtteri or not. But other than that, I think Gio could keep his seat, but that's unlikely. Yeah, this is yeah, like a good driver, you know. So, I think Mick Schumacher is still in the running. No, 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 no. Really, you don't think so? Actually, maybe. I think the Ferrari Driver Academy wants to get him out of the dumpster fire that is that Haas team in general. Yeah, but um, actually, wait a minute. So if he goes to Alfa Romeo. That would make him not the best rookie to ever exist. Why? Because uh, Charles went from Alfa Romeo directly to Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. But the point is, they're not going to drop Carlos Sainz in a second and go like, Mick Schumacher, you're coming to Ferrari. They're not going to say that. Well, they can't. He's not ready. Sainz wasn't exactly ready then either. Yeah, but the thing is, in any racing series, Mick Schumacher needs one year to get acclimated to it before he can start dominating. We saw that in F2, where he wasn't very good in 2019, and he won it in 2020. We saw it in F3, where it took him most of the season before he came back in the final like five races and won everything, uh, and then won the championship. I mean, it takes him a while. So I don't think we're going to see any sort of meaningful performances in the Haas car, even if he's performing at the level that he's capable at. And even if he's mullering, you know, Mazepin every single weekend, I still don't think that anyone will be impressed as impressed as they should be. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that Alpha seat. Do you think Guan Yu Zhou's got a chance? Well, I think. Um, hmm. Hmm. You can say no because I. I'll tell you what my answer is. I'm just looking for a driver that could take it. I mean, the only driver that I can think of would be Marcus Erickson. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. So He's in IndyCar right now. I mean, have you heard what Grosjean said? What did he say? He said that children should dream of being an IndyCar, not an F1. That's <laughs> bold. I think the FIA are going to come after him now. I mean, the FIA are definitely going to come after him now, right? For I mean... What? For saying that, you know, F1's always been the dream for every kid who wants to get into racing. You know, I, he makes well, a good point. I mean, I, I personally like, um, what you call it? I mean, just driving in circles in it. I mean, the rally obviously, car or whatever. 
rally cars. Yeah, that's quite cool. It's very dangerous, but it's quite cool. Think about that, though. If you would say, right, if you're in a taxi in London, per se, and the cabbie's like, yeah, so what do you do for a job? And you say to him, I'm the indie car driver. He's going to make some assumptions about you. But if you say, I'm a rally car driver, think about that. I mean, he'll, he'll probably like, ask you why you get a taxi. That's a good point. Yeah. And then if you say you're an F1 driver, he's going to be like, can I get your autograph? So, I mean, I still think there's the hierarchy of, you know, what sport is or what motorsport is deemed to be the greatest. You know, F1 in this new rule change, that rule change could be horrendous, but F1 will still be the greatest motorsport on earth, in my opinion, at least. Maybe. Maybe. That's bold. I mean, if you think about it, there's so much, like, I mean, now it's so expensive to do F1. Yeah. And there's probably a bunch of eco groups or whatever protesting it. I don't think there are too many because they're trying to go all hybrid and eco in that. So I think, you know, next yeah, year they're going to be all biofuels. Um, the V6 that sounds like that can't be great for the environment. You can hear the environment crying. True, but it, it next year it's going to run on biofuels, the entire engine. And that's pretty good for the environment. It's not as good as a full electric or a full hydrogen, but we're not going to get to a hydrogen until the technology uh-huh. develops to the point where the manufacturers say they're comfortable with doing that. Because that's how decision-making happens now. Toyota Mirai. What? Toyota Mirai. Yeah, but like, not every company's got the capability to develop a Mirai, for instance. Then they should just buy the Honda, or not Honda, Toyota. Yeah. The engine. And then just put it in an F1 car. Yes. Imagine that. Isn't you... that what they did with the Prius? The current what do you car? mean? What, in Lamar? No, in the current car right now, in that one. Oh, I don't know. Probably from a Prius. It's a hybrid. Yeah, maybe. Actually, Camry. I'm sorry. Camry. Camry, yeah. Isn't the Camry with the V6 hybrid? Uh, let's see. I'm not sure if it's turbo. I don't think it'd be turbo if it's hybrid. Yeah, it's still a thing. They're still making it. It's They've got a 2020 model year one that they'll sell you. It, the thing is, they're not going to sell you a turbo hybrid one because that would be way too powerful. Say you turbo it yourself. Turbo Camry. That seems like a bit of a... I would say a waste of time, but actually it'd be a really funny build. It'd be a really good build. The V6 turbo hybrid Camry. You instantly just assume it's an F1 car. Yeah, that'd be a really funny build. Yeah. Sorry, I'm scrolling through camera pictures right now. Anyways, um, shall we talk about planes? Things in the world of planes. Is there anything new? Actually, there is. I'm going to go pull up my phone right now. So I have found... Wait, where's my... Oh, there it is. All right. I have found a brilliant website that basically does all of our plane news for us. Ready for this? Wikipedia? Not an endorsement, not an endorsement. We can still laugh at Russian planes because um, they won't put this on the website, but it's called Simple Flying, right? Basically, it's got all sorts of plane news on it. Again, not an endorsement, but it's quite good. It does all the plane news for us. Okay, shall we talk about some plane stuff then? I got some funny stories for you. Okay. Maybe not funny. Okay. 
All right. So there was a JetBlue nose gear incident where the thing turned around, uh, you know, landing gear. It turned around and caught on fire. That's always fun. Very fun. Uh, let's see how many British Airways planes are in storage right now. Shall we have a look? So 74 British Airways planes are in storage. That means I don't know exactly what percent of their fleet that is. Oh, actually, yeah, here we go. Out. So their fleet is 257 aircrafts, British Airways, and they've got 74 in storage. So that's, that's a lot of them. Because if you think about it, right? Sorry, I caught an ad there. The Lexus. The Lexus, ladies and gentlemen, the Lexus. Why would you buy a Lexus? I know. When you, when you could buy that Toyota V6 Turbo Hybrid, why would you buy a Lexus? Uh, Simple Fine, you do get down points for putting an ad in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> Screw you. Anyways, more exciting news. That unused 747-8 is now going to an Egyptian man. So he's got a new private plane. I think it's called a private jet. A private plane jet. Be propeller or something. Okay. I think we talked about this. But, um, like, a 747 Dash eight or a 747, anyways, is a huge plane, mm-hmm. right? And think about that. What are you going to do with all that space? Turn it into an office building. Well, my recommendation is because you've got all that space, what if you put bathrooms in there? Not just normal bathrooms, bathrooms you know, with Clarkson. No, 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 with showers and bathtubs. No one With thinks RV. about that, right? On the greatest airlines of all time, you've got your Emirates, your Etihad, that sort of stuff. There are no bathtubs. Now, when you think posh bathing, you think bathtubs in bidets. So You bathe in a bidet. You don't bathe in it, but you have it on the plane. Those are two things that are not on either Emirates or Etihad. So on a private 747, you could use some of that space. I I have a bidet in my house. Right, exactly. um, And... Well, I don't think it'd fit into the door of an airplane bathroom. The point is, I guess, you'd have it be bigger. You'd make the bathroom be much bigger. Really? They could just keep it the same size and make the door only open halfway up. Yeah, but think how much nicer it would be when you are going on a plane ride, right? Mm -hmm. And you're walking to the bathroom and you think, oh, it's just going to be a normal crappy airplane bathroom. And you open the door and it's like five times the size. It's expansive. It's got a bathtub. for people with First class C. No, no, they don't see that. No airline does that. Okay, wait a minute. Let's look this up. All right, fine. Maybe size wise, but I'm sa- I'm for the bathtub here. I think you need one in your plane. That's what I would do with the space on my 747. What would you do? Mm-hmm. You sound like Jeremy Clarkson, though. Maybe just a little bit. Whoa. Oh, wait, actually, that does exist. Wait, a bathtub in a plane? Yes. Hello, what does it look like? Just Google it. Just look up first class bathroom. I bet it's like a render or something. There is one singular one. Okay, first class bathroom, you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest, I looked up bathtub in a plane, and I just see planes made out of old bathtubs. So I, I did That's choose... Yeah, it is a thing. I wish I never saw that. Wait, does that mean we can have a technically F1 plane? Yeah, suddenly we can now afford the plane. 
First class bathrooms. I do not see where you see in this bath. I think it's a bit lower. How much lower? We both got a Samsung. How much lower do you think? I don't know. Whoa. There are some pretty big ones on trains. See, think about that. Train first class bathrooms are huge. But oh, wait, what no, if you have that size on a plane? Zoomed in picture. Oh, I oh, wait, see it. It's not very... Oh, yeah, I do see it. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the Titanic first class baths. That's not very nice. It looks like a prison bathroom. I don't know how high. It looks like yeah. modern. Modern prison. It's Speaking of prisons, the ten most expensive, whatever, ten most expensive airlines in the world. Okay. Speaking of prisons, do you know about the Finnish prison system? I was yes, just learning about this. It's a joke. What do you mean? Well, I mean, okay, go ahead. Okay. Anyways, um, Finnish prison system is basically where they try to reintroduce you into normal life. They yeah. give you lessons on etiquette, all sorts of things that make you sort of a non- normal person that doesn't commit crimes anymore. And the reoffending rate is very low, so it seems to actually work. It makes sense. And they just let you go early. That seems quite nice to me. It sounds not very nice for the people who are living outside. What if they do it again? Now, the point is there's very little incentive for you to reoffend because uh, presumably the punishments would be much harsher if you actually came back to the prison, presumably there'd be it's massive like threats of torture right? and murder, something like that. That's what I would do. And Have then you seen the cells, I bet they're massive, aren't they? They're very nice. Okay, they have their own bathrooms, I think. Of course they do, and I bet they're closed off as well, so the entire prison isn't looking at you. <laughs> like I mean, if you think about it, wouldn't it be nicer to spend time there? <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just look at Finnish prison cells. I'm looking at a man doing virtual reality in a Finnish prison. That is the funniest thing. Maybe it's a virtual cell. A virtual cell. <laughs> Imagine, right? You go to prison, but because the pandemic's going on, you've got to go to virtual prison. It's like prison, but Zoom. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. The best way to commit or their best way to serve your time. It's pretty funny. They probably did have to do Zoom, meet, Zoom meetings. Yeah. Anyways, I've got more news, if you're ready for it. Okay. Okay, so Lufthansa Technic, Lufthansa's technical group, as you know, hence the name, uh, has come up with a render for the ACJ-330, which, for those who don't know, is the private jet version of the A330. Now, I'm looking at it right now. And first of all, it looks really wide, which is impressive. And second of all, I'm looking at the ceiling, Rajab, and take a guess what the ceiling has on it. Stuff. What? Stuff. Yeah, yeah, but take a guess. What sort of stuff? I don't really know. Take a guess. Random guess. They're branding. Nope. Yeah, even crazier. I don't know. All right, you ready for this? Full-size television screens that are wrapping around the top of the ceiling. And what's displayed on them is quite spectacular. It's actually under the ocean. So basically, you'd be able to think that you are in a submarine, yet you're flying. How fun is that? Or, or maybe you're not partial to underwater, and you want to see the night sky. Well, presumably, they could put that on as well. Yeah, that's how screens work, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Anyways... 
uh, all sorts of other plane news if you're ready for it as well. Okay. So Lufthansa has just purchased another 747-400, which means that even more 747s are taken to the sky, as many know. That is my favorite plane, and I am so excited for more to be coming back. Do you like that plane, 747? I don't, I don't really care about the big planes. Okay. All right. Well, I'm a huge 747 fan. They've got more 400s. Their entire fleet of 747-8 is running. Uh, basically, you know, they're at full capacity. They need everything, which is exciting. Anyways, a final bit of big plane news before we can go on to, you know, what you like, small planes, which is Etihad has just pulled out their final A350-1000 from storage, and it will now be used in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Which is exciting because they basically had all these beautiful new A350s that they kept in storage. I don't know why they actually did that. Um, you know, when they probably should have been using them because they scrapped all their A380s and began to put away all their other planes. They basically had a couple triple sevens and a couple 787s. No fleet. Anyways. Um, yeah, that's exciting to me at least. Mm-hmm. Are you there? Uh, yep, still there. Okay, um... Anyways, it's your turn. nice Eurocopter is? Oh, so Eurocopter. Wait, that is the helicopter brand of Airbus, or I might be wrong. Really so. Okay. What... Do they make any big helicopters? You know I'm a fan of big aviation. Do they make anything big? Uh, probably. But I like the AS-355. Okay. The third image, the... Yeah, this is the third image. Um, Eurocopter, AS-355, let's see. Is it sort of like a business helicopter? Looks to be. Ooh, whoa. The um, pure black one. The black one. Oh, that that's great. really nice. I see a couple ones that look more for commercial use, but I'm... Oh, there's also a military one and a yeah. BBC News one. So basically, you could do anything with this helicopter. Yes, essentially. It's essentially the R-44. Very useful, then. And it looks sort of entry-level. Maybe not fully entry-level. I mean, as entry-level as a helicopter can be, really. No, but... an entry-level her- helicopter would be an R-44 or something. Uh, who makes that? Robinson. Okay. I bet that's quite small, though. Yeah, it... Oh, actually, no, it's bigger than I thought it was. Although, yeah. I'll be honest, it isn't very pretty. It's not. It It's sort of like a bubble, almost. I don't like it. Look up the safari helicopter thing. Okay, so you're a helicopter fan, I take it. A little bit. Safari helicopter thing. Don't worry, I typed exactly that in there. Well, yes. it's all bubbly. Yes, it is essentially just a bubble. I guess the purpose of that would be, hence the name, maybe, to go on a safari or something and take videos, maybe? No, surely not. I wouldn't want to fly that off the ground. It doesn't look too horribly balanced. Yeah, no, it looks really... It looks really, like... I'm looking at that tailplane right now, the thing that extends out to the back rotor. Look how flimsy it looks. Yes, it looks like scaffolding. It is way thinner. Literally thinner than the roll cage on a Porsche 911. Yes. 
right? I would prefer to use a roll cage rather than whatever the heck that is. I'd prefer to have a Porsche than whatever that is. Obviously, yeah. Speaking of, we did actually see, what was it, a 911 GT3 this weekend? with a saw both the GT3 and GT2. Oh, yeah, that GT2 sounded heavenly going down the track. Yes, and that was so nice. Ferraris were beautiful. I know. I don't think I've heard a Ferrari at that high in the rev range ever before. That's so nice. And the Demon. Oh, the Demon was screaming down the track. The guy who was driving that must have been like a maniac or something. He didn't break until like the like really end of the straightaway. Yeah, but it's a Demon. Right. Maybe it has very good brakes. I don't know. It's a Demon. Okay, so we're going to say it has really good brakes. It has the 800-something horsepower, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and it can do wheelies. Not a very good track car, but a really good drag racing car. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, GT2 RS. I wonder what the new one's going to look like because of the you know 992 styling. I don't know. Oh, I'm looking at the... Oh. I don't like the GT2 styling, the new one. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the 992 in general. I think Me that... Either. I hate that rear headlight That thing. single tail light at the rear yeah, of it was such a light. bad decision on their part. I know maybe it's where the automotive sector's going in terms of what people like to look at. But the actual Porsche enthusiast will tell you that is not true to the 911 form factor. And also, uh, it also makes it more expensive to repair if that breaks. That's true. That's a much bigger tail light to repair. And not only that... The actual headlight styling is just so foreign to anything Porsche has done before. I don't know what it is, but I, I genuinely hate that headlight system, whatever they've got at the front. It looked much nicer when it was a single big bulb, in my opinion. I liked the uh, last generation. The 991.2. That is my favorite Porsche 911, yeah. hands down. Yeah, especially like the GT2 RS. The GT's URS was a masterpiece, and still is, because I think they're still selling it. Well, not new. I guess maybe not new. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just such a masterpiece, that whole lineup. Anyways, yeah, I'm looking at 991.2, 911s, and you too can look that up on the internet, uh, dear listeners. But that is, yeah, it's, in my opinion, pinnacle of Porsche right there. And some of them do have the single taillight, right? But it's not as pronounced as it is. In the 992. For instance, I'm looking at a 911 Touring right now. Right? And that does have the single taillight, but it's less pronounced. And the rear grille sort of mirrors it. I love the GT2 RS that has the the two stripes of carbon fiber. Oh, yes. I think that's the YSAC. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Actually, the YSAC and I think the normal one's supposed to have that. But yeah. The older ones don't have it. So do you like the two carbon fiber stripes uh, with a single blue or the single whatever color you want stripe down the middle, which is the body color? That's what yeah, I, like. I, like the, I like the blue and the yellow. I'm looking at a spectacular one in turquoise right now that was yeah, sold by turquoise one's really nice. Roman's Auctions. That's cool. I mean, that's with black wheels. That is nearly the perfect spec. The red one also is really nice. It'd be nice to just get a garage full of these. Yeah, you could have one for every day of the week because of all the yeah. colors that work so well together. And yeah, on the... Um, comfortable, though. 
It'd be really uncomfortable, but think about that, right? You could have one to drive around on the weekdays, and what that would be is a GT2 RS with the wing cut off of it, so you'd have basically no rear wing, and then you'd raise the suspension maybe 5, 10 millimeters, and then you'd soften up the suspension and put, you know, new, more comfortable seats in it, basically Cayenne seats. And suddenly, you've got the most comfortable GT2 RS ever. No pesky downforce to deal with. But nah, that's not really what's making it uncomfortable. Is it's the hard suspension. It is everything about it. It's a race car. It's not yeah. really meant to be driven like a granny. I know. Yeah. But what do you think of my like assault to the nine nine or not nine nine two? My assault to the cheesy horse. Would you buy that the comfortable version by no, me? No, I would not. Really, I think I would because the power of the cheesy horse with. Well, I wouldn't actually make it. I'd have I commissioned someone to make it because obviously I don't have the know how to make that. Well, you'd obviously commission someone, right, or to do it. it. And then I don't actually trust James May with that. There's a lot of things that I would trust him to do. For instance, direct me to the best plywood convention possible. Oh, yes. But I would not trust him to create that masterpiece. Wait, ask him if he knows any. Wait, DM him. DM him right now. Okay. Plywood. Any recommendations on plywood conventions to go to? In Seattle, not just plywood, wood conventions. Yeah. We're open to other stuff. Yeah. You should actually do this. Obviously. This is live on the podcast. May. I swear, if he responds immediately. James May. Oh, I don't think I can DM him. What? What? Are you blocked? Uh, I must be. Let's see. James May. Gotta find him. What do we, we haven't said anything bad about him. I don't think we've said anything bad about him. I think we've actually praised him before. Yeah. I mean, we should probably be banned by almost every F1 driver. Except for Russell. Probably. Yeah, even you should probably be banned by Russell. Why? Well, you don't really... Well, no, you, there's a point where you say you shouldn't have the Mercedes seat. Anyways, oh, so I'm on his Twitter thing right now. He's just released his new gin. I'm going to have to get some of that. Obviously, I'm going to let it age for many years, uh, and then I can have it at a more appropriate time. But that does look quite good. I think Rashad's been disconnected by Anchor. Yet again, we got... Right, we got... Disconnected. I wasn't working so well. 46 minutes of pure recording. That worked so seamlessly. In the edit, though, I'm going to cut out all these interval bits. I'm probably not. But, and it'll, it'll be more seamless than this. Anyways. Alright, I'm DMing him right now. I figured it out. How'd you do it? Hi, mate. Any recommendations on Plywood slash other wood conventions um, to watch out for. Cheers. There we go. Cheers. Cheers. Really? That's that. By next podcast, or maybe we'll have already forgotten about this. Um, actually, wait a minute. We'll give it 10 minutes. If he responds, first of all, that would be hilarious. Actually, why would he be on Twitter? 
it's seven hours ahead or eight hours ahead, excuse me, in England right now. So that's well, if it's eight hours ahead, then it'll be tomorrow morning, wouldn't it? Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. So that's five. No, nah, but it would be um be three AM. I don't think he'd be on Twitter at three AM. That's pretty dire if you're on Twitter at three AM. Why would you wake up at three AM or maybe you're awake all night and you're awake till three AM and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I'd like to hop on the cesspit that is Twitter, right? And you're reading your DMs and you see this from the technically F1 Twitter account. And you see, hi, mate, what plywood conventions would you like to go to, right? And I don't think you'd respond to it. I think you'd think it's a troll. Anyways. Uh, well, I mean... It, it basically is, but... Who has Twitter, even? I mean, there are quite a lot of people. I think it's probably about a billion people, right? Why Everyone loves Twitter at heart. question. At heart, everyone loves Twitter because they know Why? what sort of a – well, it's like – basically, it's social media that tells you to not come back to it, right? It gets out of the way of all the whole addiction stuff because it basically incentivizes you to not come back there ever. It's great. That's what I love about it. Why do you keep going back? Uh, for more, basically. Um, okay. Also, F1 News because I don't read the website anymore. Okay. You have the app, don't you? I do have the app. It's great. Anyway, speaking of F1 news, actually, I forgot about this. I watched the Schumacher documentary over the weekend. Was it any good? It was really good. It was really surprisingly good, that documentary was. And mm-hmm. I would, for those listening, unlike Drive to Survive, it's actually quite accurate. Um, and you know what I mean with the whole Drive to Survive thing, right? The Carlos thing? I mean, the Carlos signs Lando thing, that pissed me off. I mean, there was all sorts of drama that happened last year that they didn't cover, and then they created fake drama to make the show even a semblance of what it was in 2019. I don't like it. The mm-hmm. only thing that I did like about last year's show was when they said that Lawrence Stroll has a presence in the paddock, because he does. When you see that man walking around, you think to yourself, my God, he's got a presence. Right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, partially because of his imposing figure. But anyways, Yeah. Here, let's check Twitter again. Shall we see if we've got a response? Probably not. Probably not. Okay, if we get a response, we should probably just edit it in later. If we get a no, nah, nah, if we get a response in the next ten minutes, because we'll probably wrap the podcast up in the next ten minutes. I mean, it is going to be mental. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, I we don't have anything. Do we have anything left? We could talk about boats. You like boats enough, right? Because there's some Not interesting really. boats. I don't really know anything about boats. Okay, shall we continue talking about like small planes then? Let's do boats. I, boats. Wait, you just said you don't know anything about boats. Yeah, Maybe I'll I teach can, you something about boats. Something. Okay, All right, yeah. cool. Basically, I like the, there's one that like the Azuri Forty Six. Do you like big boats or small boats? Maybe you don't even know what sort of boats you like. Medium size. Medium size. Like has a cabin, but not a huge like yacht. So like a hundred feet. That's your range. No, actually, maybe yeah. Hundred feet is medium in my mind, and big is like four hundred, not four hundred, like two eighty to five seventy. That's sort of like range. Forty to hundred. Forty to hundred. I've got a boat for you to look up. It's like the F one car of boats. Look up Sorry, the Mangusta 108. Look up the Mangusta 108. It's 108 feet long. So it's a bit past our small to medium boat, you know, size restrictions. But I think you'll really like it. Ugh, it's like the opposite of stealthy. No, no, but it's so cool, isn't it? 
Listeners, look this up right now. Mangoes to 108. I already have. It's the opposite of an F1 car. How do you say that? It's very large. Yes. But all the F1 cars are large these days. They're all way too long. They don't... This boat doesn't look very nice. Why do you not think it looks very nice? It's got beautiful wood on it. It is... The color contrast is spectacular. I really like it. It's just huge. Okay, so you want smaller then? Yeah, I have 40s. Okay, alright, I've got another one for you. Try a Hinkley Talaria. <laughs> right, and these are basically the best thing you can get, in my opinion at least, from the US manufacturers. Come on, that tell me that is not a fishing boat thing. It's not a fishing boat. It's not a fishing boat. It, it is a like leisure craft. Actually, it has a full bathroom. It does. It is a really good boat. I'm looking at the 55 foot bath. one right now. It's a yeah. full bath, half bath, uh, yeah. two bedrooms. Actually, wait, no, there's two full baths. Yeah. There's two full baths. If two I bedrooms. Was, okay. If I was to actually go out and buy a boat right now, and no money is no object, I would not buy <laughs> the world's biggest yacht. I would buy one of these because it's actually usable. Right? 55 feet is pretty big, but it's usable size. You can use every single one of those 55 feet. But any bigger apparently, than that, you really can't use it. Apparently, it, the price ranges from 210000 to $3.15 Yeah, so forget the 210000 thing, because that's basically for used ones that have basically only a working engine. Mm-hmm. If that. I, I've million? never seen one of those sell for anywhere close to less than a million. Imagine paying a million for this boat. It's a really good-looking boat. Come on. It's about a million. Yeah, but, like, you'd also pay... how many Ferraris you could buy with that. But would you get as much enjoyment out of every single one of those Ferraris as you would with that one boat? Think about all the enjoyment you get out of that boat. You'd be on it every weekend. You'd be blasting around at, like, 40 knots. That'd be so fun. Just get a plane instead. Right, but a plane is quite expensive, even if it's like a little Cessna or something. It's still quite expensive. The issue with a plane, it, it, this also goes for a boat, but the upkeep is so much on a plane. <laughs> it's kind of funny saying that about a plane, but not a boat. Yeah, the upkeep on a boat is also so high. What happens if it sinks? Well, I didn't think about that, but presumably you've got insurance on it. Anyone who's buying something like that, a multi-million dollar boat, would definitely put insurance on it. It'd be ridiculous not to. Yeah. Anyways... All right, shall we check from James May? Yes. Moment of truth, ladies and gentlemen. Checking the DMs. Lucky him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He hasn't replied. Ladies and gentlemen, we have one reply. It's very James May. You ready for this? Yes. We've gotten from James May, sawed off. Actually. Actually. Nah. Nah. Send a screenshot of that. No, no, we didn't. Uh, anyways, uh, we're going to get a response at some point. If so, I will put our reaction, and I'll re-edit the podcast, and I'll put the reaction in here. And if I forget to do it, we'll put it in the future podcast. That yeah. is my word on that one. Eventually, we'll get a response. We must. We must, yes. We must. Anyways, I mean, come on. We're in the FIA's DMs. Of course we're going to get a response. Everybody's probably in the FIA's DMs. Everybody with F1 in the name. Maybe. Anyways, so pick your boat. You've got $10 million to spend. What would you do with it? On a boat, obviously. Only a boat? Only a boat. You can only spend it on a boat. 
are you doing research right now or are you yes okay are you searching up 10 million dollar boat right now (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly word for word yes okay all right when you got the answer go ahead tell me and then we'll have all the listeners who are still listening at this point because they are dedicated members of the technically f1 community right they're still listening this is an aquatic, whatever count, an aquatic plane. Are you, are you, of course, you've got a seaplane. Okay. Technically, it's a boat, though. Technically. No, it's not. Okay. Um, okay. So, what about, can, can we stretch the budget a little bit? Yep. Go on. How, uh, fine. Money is no object. Stretch the budget. Ad Astra. Uh, what size? What's it called? It's a $12 million thing. Um, uh, Whoa! Okay, no, I agree with you. That is unbelievable. That's a trimaran. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Have you ever seen the Oracle um, catamaran? Yeah, I have. It sort of just like flies. The fourteen-story one. Wait, wait. Oracle catamaran. That's the one that just floats over the water. I don't. I've only seen it in front of the office building. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's the one that flies. And, what, and people don't know what I'm saying when they say when I say it flies, but it actually flies. So look, it floats or like what? So it has two little steering planes, and they're the only th- when it's at top speed. Those are the only things that are in the water. It's a, it's not a Louis Vuitton thing on the flag, is it? It might be. I don't know. Uh, sail. Wait, on the sail, like fourteen stories though. I don't think it's – well, maybe it's 14 stories. I don't know all about America's Cup boats, but I can tell you it is an unbelievably cool boat. Would I own one? Nope. It takes too long to set up. But is it a cool boat? Yes. Imagine how long it would take to set up with all those easily breakable components. It's 13 stories tall. Whoa. The sail on that must be massive. Bro, I saw it in front of their office building in San Francisco. Oh, you went to Oracle's um, offices? Yeah. What for? My if you don't work there. there. Oh, I see. Very nice. Anyways, shall we wrap up this week's Technically Fun Podcast? I think we've covered almost everything. Yeah, I think we have covered everything. Well, no, almost everything. Again, well, if we get that James May response, that's going in this right here. Okay. And for those who don't know who James May is, uh, uh, please okay, stop well. listening to this podcast. Like, seriously. <laughs> Okay, and watch Top Gear. Watch Top Gear. Come on, watch Top Gear. Maybe, maybe one of the greatest shows of all time. Probably coming in after Arrested Development, but it's a really good show. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you. The Grand for Tour. The Grand Tour is also really good. Yeah. Okay. Thanks everybody. Yeah, thanks to everybody who listened to this one. Uh, we've been going on for more than an hour, even with the technical glitches. Yeah. Anyways, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.